Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Love Pop Culture, the podcast where we talk about love, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kamika McCoy, back again on my bullshit. Um, I have things that I want to get off my chest, um, things related to Sam Smith, things related to a new Joanne the Scammer, and except for her name is Caroline. Um, catcalling and how I almost broke my ankle in the middle of Madison Avenue thanks to a man in the white van who screamed at me. I, I'm glad that you liked my hair that day, sir, but I also like my ankles and I'd like to keep them. He tried to hit me with a rope-a-dope crossover, whatever the hell it was, and I almost died in New York. Um, also want to talk about cuffing season. Uh, the drafts are up on us and I, I hope I hope it's working out um, the way that y'all want it to work out. And if not, play harder. Okay. Um, but before we get started with all that, I have some really, really good news and I'm very excited. Um, I have two new co-hosts. They're bad bitches. Um, and if you guys recall, Jewel Wicker and I started this podcast together and um, she has gone on to cover some amazing stories for the cover of Teen Vogue. And we are incredibly proud of her. And in that time, we're going to keep this podcast going, continue to support her. Please, please, please. She's awesome. Um, but with no further ado, I would like to introduce my new podcast co-host to you, Ashley and Autumn. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ashley Odopai. I am originally from the Washington, D.C. area. Been in Brooklyn now for a year and a half. Um, I know Kamiko through my best friend, so hey, I like automatically love Stephanie. her. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, and my day job. What do I do during the day? I work at a nonprofit at the intersection of women's rights and climate justice, doing communications. And I'm so excited to join Kamiko on this pop culture journey. Hey guys, my name is Autumn Porter. So I'm originally from Silver Springs, Maryland, but I grew up in Atlanta and that's what I rep all day, every day. That's actually how I met Kamiko. We're best friends. Um, (laughs) She hates when I say that. (laughs) Um, So what do I do as a job? I am an audience engagement editor, which basically means that I just manage the social media and the website at ABC News. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm so excited to be here. It's my first time ever doing a podcast, so I'm ready. And y'all know me, the regular basic bitch that posts, that does this every week. Um, <laughs> peace and love. Um, but actually, I want to go back to something that Ashley had said. She works in climate change. Um, and if you don't know, September 20th through the 27th is actually a big, big deal as far as climate change goes and the global health that we have. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what we can do to help besides getting rid of plastic straws. (laughs) Sure, there's so much you can do to help. But so tomorrow is the third um, youth organized global climate strike. And this one is really big because it coincides with Monday's uh, climate summit that the UN is hosting here in New York. Um, And so actually I have organized a small group to join the masses tomorrow at Foley Square. I organized a feminist group to meet me like about a half a mile away. And then we will merge with the hundreds of people that will be there. Um, And it's a, it's a pretty big deal. I could go into a lot of details about our current climate crisis and all the catastrophes we're facing and the intersections and the people who are, you know, suffering the most while the people in power continue to make bad decisions when it comes to where money and resources going. But what you can do. Actually, 
I think the best thing is to share a link or um, a resource to give you guys trusted sources to contribute to. Um, But tomorrow, honestly, just spread the word. Get on Twitter, get on Instagram, search the global climate strike hashtag and retweet, amplify the messaging and just kind of advocate for what's going on. You know, this is a human crisis. It doesn't just affect one person or one city or one country. This is an existential, I can't say the word. Existential. (laughs) This is an existential crisis. And so just over the next week, amplify what's going on. Um, Call the people of power in your states and countries and kind of express your thoughts on their policies. And if they don't have policies, push them to create better policies when it comes to the climate crisis. And that's my two cents. I know a lot of people often feel like, um, and we'll get to the other topics in a minute, but I feel like this is a really big deal. A lot of times people feel like, oh, well, you know, there's only so much recycling that I can do. I drive a, you know, um, rechargeable car or an electric car. I make sure that I am not eating meat and things like that. But I feel I totally get those are the things that you can do as an individual. And it may not make an enormous impact on the things that are actually happening because the big businesses and things like that are the things that we have to actually hold accountable. But that does not mean that you don't do your part. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you don't try to recycle. That does not mean, you know, instead of buying another book, go to your public library and try to rent one, you know, Um, instead of buying fast fashion, Spend a little bit more money on something that you're going to be able to keep for a couple of years. Or go to your local Goodwill and see what they have there. I know even in our own neighborhood, there's L-Train Vintage and things like that that you can go to to buy really quality stuff, shit that people have already worn. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know? Um, so those are just a couple of ways that you can contribute to that. Um, that being said, welcome to our intro, Climate Change, Change Bitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> change into identity and gender. Earlier this week, Sam Smith made an announcement and it was not that your fave can hip thrust out of this world in the How Do You Sleep video. Come through, push through. That little open shirt. Fans was out here blowing on my friend. Um, But Sam Smith made an announcement essentially saying that their pronouns were they, them. Um, Several people have come out. I have it in my bio on Twitter that I be my pronouns are she, her, um, and other people have done the same. I actually saw in a work email today that someone had he, him as their pronouns listed in a work professional environment. So it's becoming more and more prevalent that people are letting you know up front what their pronouns are. Um, a news site ran a story essentially picking that up and referring to Sam Smith as he, him, throughout the entire piece, which absolutely contradicts what Sam Smith had come out and said on their own personal social channels. And I feel like as journalists, it speaks to the lack of diversity that we still have in our newsrooms, because for something like that to get through a copy editor, blog post, publisher, or whatever the case may be, for Ma'am, I don't know if y'all just heard that in the background right now. It must be some cats out there. It's a cat fight, y'all. It's a cat fight. Regular New York thing. I would like to say I don't live in the hood, but it's fine. You have to like the the 
ambient. You got that sound. Ambient sound. <laughs> but um, for the news publication to refer to Sam Smith as he, him, and they, them, um, in the same article, just shows a lack of diversity um, there. Um, it should not have gotten to the point where that was published and other people could see that post um, with the, the direct contradiction there. What are what are y'all's thoughts on, um, you know, the type of thing? I mean, I absolutely agree with you, Kamiko. As, like, I work in a newsroom as well, and I just feel like, who was actually proofing this? And where is our diversity? Where is the people standing up for these rights? Um, we don't have to agree with it, but it's a simple fact of respect people's wishes. And if that's what Sam Smith wants, then why not give it to him? Them. Them. I'm still working on it, guys. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, mimicking what both Kamiko and Autumn said, we have to be, as people creating content, the three of us all create content. And in the journalism world period, like our newsrooms need to be diverse and people need to make sure everything is looked at from the beginning of an idea to publication. And I just think that that was messy. And it was messy it's and face. it's a slap in the face. Just this is the whole issue with the transition into honoring pronouns, right? I, I still believe it's a transition. I think from birth, we are kind of conditioned to only look at gender as he and she. He and, she. Mm-hmm. and I am aware that, you know, everyone is in a different place in terms of using preferred pronouns properly. So I can recognize that, not to play devil's advocate, but for the AP to publish that and completely contradict the purpose of his announcement was quite ridiculous. So Their announcement. It's going to take us some Their time. announcement. I'm so... We're a work in progress, guys. I mean, look, we're learning. <laughs> but I feel like that's the, the key of it, is that the key of you it. make that's, an attempt. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's it's not truth. something that's easy, because like you said, we grew up having the understanding that either you're a girl and you like pink, or you're a boy and you like blue, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And anytime that there was a girl who likes blue or a boy who likes pink, it was an issue, and now the whole neighborhood needs to be included in this yeah. memo that your mama sent out because she's uncomfortable with her kid's sexuality at nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the more and more progressive that we get, and that's something that I really appreciate about our generation, is that it embraces the changes instead of pushing back against them. So... You know, I think going forward in the media and as journalists, um, that's something that we need to keep in mind when publishing things is um, preferred pronouns. Like they're not something to be glossed over and to not be taken seriously. Um, Sexuality is a spectrum and I feel like that needs to be respected. So if Sam Smith is they there, guess what? They there them. That's what you're calling them. Um, let's move on to um, somebody else who dropped the ball, which I don't feel uh, sorry for this person though, because, um, I wasn't super familiar with this comedian beforehand, but uh, Shane Gillis is in trouble, in hot water rather. I think he got brought on to SNL and then immediately fired from SNL. You hate to see it. Um, for making some, uh, what's the word? Racist remarks. Um, I will not repeat them, but you can go on the, uh, the internet that Blue Ivy blessed us with and research for yourself. Uh, to see what was yes. said. Why won't she do it? Why won't she do it? Why won't she do it? To see what was said. But um, I think this is the part that I like about the internet is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't necessarily agree with like cancel culture per se. I don't feel like everybody should be canceled. But I feel like when you double down on your wrongness, 
My mama always told me, you could be wrong, but you can't be loud and wrong, baby. That's not, that's mm-hmm. uh, not it. One of the other. One of the other. One you cannot be loud and wrong. What you gonna do? <laughs> and I feel like that's I kind agree. of uh, where Shane was at. He came back eventually, like, apologized later. Um, and I, you know, I think with the the way that SNL is going, they do seem to be more progressive in their jokes and whatnot. Um and comedy in general, uh, there was a clip with Deezus and Mero. I love them. Um, Bronx Boys. Bronx Boys, Bodega Boys. Um, <laughs> essentially being, you know, it was on Hot Ones. The, for those of y'all that don't know, it's where they eat the hot-ass chicken wings and try to make it through the whole course of an interview. You know what's crazy? I feel like my entire family is West Indian, and I don't even want pepper on my food. Like, I am such a shame to the Black community. I can't do hot food. I'm not part of it. Are you the Black sheep of your community? Yes. <laughs> Everybody else like, ooh, wow. can I get hot wings? And I'll be like, do y'all have barbecue? <laughs> Maybe lemon pepper? Oh, is there celery included? <laughs> I won't ju- we, this is a safe space. <laughs> we won't judge you. I appreciate it. But we will judge Shane. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but you can't come out with things like that. And actually, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about um, how Dave Chappelle has found himself and Kevin Hart have also found themselves mm-hmm in hot water for making these insensitive jokes in the name of comedy. But the thing that Jesus and Merrill said is like, you know, they came from the Bronx, but as they grew and as their audience became grew and diversified, they kind of were like, well, we needed to accommodate to our audience to make sure that we're keeping up with them, you know, instead of dragging the audience with you, kicking and screaming um, along with you just to make sure that you can hold on to your jokes of yesteryear. Thoughts? No, I think I feel like I have I have like two sides to this piece. I definitely think that people like Dave Chappelle and his comedy, um, there is often a lot of truth behind it, but that's no excuse for the delivery of the message. Mm. Um, so while I do think that he's an incredibly intelligent individual and knows a lot about the American culture and the issues systemically, racially, socially, um, his delivery can be very harsh. And for our times where we, you know, are trying to, I guess, move away from stereotypes and move away from insensitivity, insensitivity, you know, it like his recent special, for example, I mean, it, it was, it was, good to watch, but it was rough to watch. So I don't know what that says about the times or my sense of humor, but, you know, there's no excuse for any type of racism or any disrespect, you know, at this point in America. Like, we kind of have to move away from that. Yeah, like the um, sexist joke and the homophobic jokes, like, yeah, they're not funny anymore, especially when you think about people who have died behind those jokes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like, I feel like you can find a way to critique society without people who are already marginalized being at the butt end right. of those jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I agree with both of you. I feel like everyone should be held accountable. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, Shane might be looking at this situation like, well, like you said, what about Dave Chappelle, who automatically always has these crazy jokes? And like, even though it makes sense and even though it's things that is going on in our lives right now, is it appropriate to say? Right. At the end of the day, it's not. At the end of the day, there are a lot of issues that are happening, but it's all in how you say it. Like Kamika was mentioning, why make those people the brunt of the jokes when they already have so much against them? 
Like people are committing suicide over things like this. Like mm-hmm. racism is still very real and still very prevalent in society today. Why make that a joke? Because now you're making it to other people who may not be as educated. Like, oh, that's okay to do. Right. And it's not, it's canceled. I'm sorry. I'm done. That's actually a really good point to people point. who don't, who yeah. would see something like that and be like, oh, that's funny mm-hmm. because they don't engage with people from that community. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. They're not going to automatically assume that there's something wrong with it. And um, just to do like a refresh, the joke was about, I think like Asian people living in neighborhoods, like collectively, like in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not cool. And especially when you like learn the history of like how those communities got here, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot less funny when you see like the trials and tribulations that they went through to become like U.S. citizens, the American government, things like that. Um, that's another topic for another time. U.S. history is trash. Um, <laughs> but you know who I would like to now talk about? My favorite character is Joanne the Scammer. Yeah, I love the wig. Queen. <laughs> I love the fur coat. Who knows if it's real fur? I hope not. God forbid Peter find out. Um but there's a new queen in town looking to take the gold in the title called Caroline Calloway. <laughs> now, nah, where did she come from? She isn't. Who that? Who that? <laughs> what happened? Harpo, who is this woman? <laughs> where did she come from? <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know, Caroline um, was, she, well, not was, is an Instagram influencer um, with a really big following. And a woman named Natalie for The Cut wrote a piece, like, I wouldn't even call it a piece, an expose about um, how problematic Caroline was. Um, if you have not read it, um, I mean, you could go read it. I don't, I don't know if I would give my time to that again. Um, but it was wild because it took you down this journey of this friendship where Natalie was kind of in the shadow of Caroline. She was the more conventionally pretty friend, had more money, you know, snag, you know, whatever she wanted, artsy, that type of thing. Um, and Natalie just kind of lived in the shadow. And I mean, like, I would, I would imagine that most women or most people have had friends where either you are the shadow and if you have never found yourself in that predicament, uh, you're probably the one blocking. You're probably the one blocking. So something to think about tonight. Um, but yeah, so Natalie writes this piece and the whole internet is tearing Caroline to bits. Like, oh, she's trash. Oh, everybody has had a toxic friend like her and good you know, we hope like burn a hell, all that. And the whole time Caroline is on social media posting about like, like tracking the relationship that her and Natalie have had this whole time and expecting the article. Now I won't say that she wouldn't like losing her shit on social media. Cause she was, she definitely was like, somebody need to come take that phone away from her ASAP. Was she having like a Twitter rant, like Yo. Kanye style? <laughs> what did she learn Oh, from? y'all remember Amanda Bynes breakdown? Oh my gosh, yes. It yeah. was like that, where that was she embarrassing. That was, was like not keeping it together at all. But the thing is, like, I don't even blame her. Um, a lot of celebrities, in my opinion, I would imagine that they have like PR training and stuff like that. Like even like even look at where Cardi became from compared mm-hmm. to where she is now with how she yeah. interacts with the press, mm-hmm. how she talks to people and stuff like that. Like she's still right herself. Enough. Yeah. But she still, but now it's like she, she has, can have an interview. Now she, she, you know. she simmered down. She knows how to contain it. Exactly. She's still right. Cardi at the end of the day, but right. she knows like what hot shit is going to get her good press yeah. and like what exactly. hot takes are going to get her like negative press. Exactly. Right. I don't feel like a lot of these influencers and these like homegrown celebrities have had that same training, you know, so they're going to make missteps. And I feel like for the feminist of the internet to come and tear her down, especially when pieces of the article had mentioned like an addiction, substance addiction, um, suicidal thoughts and like struggling with like mental health issues. 
for y'all to tear her up like that was wild to me, you know, wild. Like, I just feel like the piece I personally, as if I was an editor, I don't know if I could justify writing it. Um, but I could see how it happened. Cause it was like, it's a personal essay. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I, my heart does go out to somebody like Caroline and Natalie at the same way. Um, because she just seems to have been struggling and then to have that article published about you on top of that. Um, I think the initial struggle was because like she tried to host like an Instagram conference or something like that and dropped the ball because she ain't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to hire people instead of doing it by mm-hmm. yourself. Pay people Boy. what they're worth, boo. Pay people what they're worth. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the article was fair to just like everything she's going through and like the dynamic of the situation. But right. it's also in the same token, a lesson learned and... You know, I don't think while she should have been exposed for not fulfilling her influencer promises, she should not have been attacked on like all the other fronts. Like that's just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's not fair, but also, I don't know. I don't know. Those are my thoughts on Carolyn. It'd be like that. <laughs> it'd be, it'd, it'd be, like, it'd be that. like that. I mean, my question is. Did she not have the girl's number to call her herself and be like, these are the issues I have with you? Did she have to turn to social media to have people that you don't even know backing you? And you don't even know they like you or not. It's just for them, it's another beef on Twitter or on social media. Um, And like Kamika was saying, these are personal issues you're touching on. So God forbid if something happens to her or if she's like really sad and ends up going into a deep depression, that now falls on you. Instead of you hashing that out on the side, you want to bring it forefront and then have everyone else in your business. I don't find that fair either. I do understand being like the back end of the frame where it's like, no one's paying attention to me, blah, 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 blah. But it's in that same sense, it's like, okay, if that's the case, then leave the friendship. Hello? Why are you still in it? Because that makes me wonder, are you just in it for the clout too? Oh, fair question. Fair question. On that note. And then not to mention, like, (laughs) if y'all had been friends this whole time and then you come after the fact and write this story, like after she went through with the influencer stuff, people's coming out, like coming on to her um, or coming after her. And then you pick this moment to be like, oh, why y'all talking shit? By the way, let me go and get my little two cents in too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I too was wronged by Caroline. Yeah. You know, were you actually yeah. a real friend? That, that just makes it, me wonder. It was op- a little opportunistic. Ooh, that's a good you word. Know? That's, that's a good word. That's, that's a, a word of the week. Now that's a <laughs> word of the week. <laughs> Put it in a dictionary. It's already in there. You know <laughs> would like to talk about how I almost broke my neck earlier. I'm sure at this point I've been diagnosed with mesothelioma. We've all been there. Girl. And I would like to contact a lawyer, a late night TV yeah. lawyer, preferably about my issue. Do you have the symptoms of it mesothelioma? A service announcement. PSA. We don't want to talk to you. What happened? Can we go? Can, how did you yes. break your neck? What Please exactly? Hold on. Let me pull out my neck brace. <laughs> she is currently sitting here with a stiff neck. I can't turn it left to right. (laughs) Um, I was walking down Madison Avenue, you know, as a baddie normally does, Mm -hmm. um, trying to get to, you know, wherever baddies hang out. Mm -hmm. And um, a man in a white van. Mm -hmm. The audacity. Drove past me and yells out the window. I like your hair. Sir, 
It's 9.30 a.m. You yelling at me out the window. I don't know where the noise is coming from. Okay? <laughs> I would like... Now, the shoes that I had on, they were heels and like the bottom of them are a little scuffed up. Don't judge me. I'm baddie without baddie money. Okay? That's fine. Look, so we got character. a from 21 shoes, but it's okay. Look, you're perfect. It's perfect. I panicked after he yelled at me and I slipped and I fell in the middle of Madison Avenue. Okay? In the street? In the, oh. like, during, while wall craft traffic is crossing. Oh, my gosh. I missed the, he, he yelled I at me. I missed that part earlier. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Did, did you get up with me? <laughs> yeah, everybody's crossing. There's cars coming. Did anyone give a helping hand? Uh, no, we this is New York. New York. <laughs> okay. No, no so, I mean, I, I panicked because he yelled at me, and, like, I missed my step with these little raggedy $2 shoes on and I fell. I'm talking about like knee hit the ground. Oh my God. Ah, fall, <laughs> flew into the air. I would have looked at him the whole time while I'm falling. Like, this is your fault. This is you. And the worst You see what catcalling causes? You see the direct consequences of catcalling. Now I'm up here Guys, with a, her life was in danger. She's probably on somebody's Now I'm here with a neck brace. I know somebody probably got to pick. You're I, probably on social media trending somewhere. Somewhere. Embarrassing myself. I you're like the, the perfect gift right now. Listen, I have on like my little... My, my little. <laughs> That's you right there, girl. Ooh, theme song. I'm through. <laughs> I had on these little cute glasses. My hair was all curled. Like, I thought oh, it was... I saw your weird. post that day. You look real cute. And here you I was. Real cute. tripping on the, on the, on the damn side. He sidewalk. was about to mess up the edges. He was. Sweating wow. Listen, wow. so I fell on the ground. There's people dead-ass <laughs> laughing at me. Dead-ass laughing at me. I would have laughed. I was so embarrassed. But I, like... You know how you try to, like... Play it off and be like, I'm fine, huh? Well, that LOL, hurt. Lols. <laughs> my knee is not scraped up. My neck is not broke. I'm fine. My pride is intact. <laughs> That's where I was at. Um, trying to play like I was fine, but really oh I cried in the bathroom later. Um, but I think the point that I'm getting out here is um, please stop yelling out of windows at ladies in cars, especially if you were driving a white van that is also used to kidnap people. That's Chester you know, Luster. I know it is. That's That's predatory vibes, you know. Yeah. It is. Very and 2019. It's just so uncomfortable, guys. Like, as women, if we want you, we'll give you the eye. I promise you I will. Like, I'll be like, ooh, mm, what's up? But if I'm not looking at you at all, if I'm looking at my phone on purpose and trying to walk fast. Sir. Sir, do not embarrass yourself. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't got it. I don't want it. Just leave us alone. You know, catcalling is never okay. And, and you- yes, by the way, yell at the window yelling across the street, uh, walking up to me and pulling my headphone out. All of these things are catcalling. They're all catcalling. Even just staring at me a little too long, I feel like it's a silent catcall. If you are deeply trying to, like, just make this uncomfortable eye contact, I can feel your eyes. What's the worst catcall you've ever gotten? Oh, wow. I would Um, imagine New York is like, which one do I pick from? Exactly. I mean, honestly... This is the worst because of the context of it. It's all going to be the worst. But I was on the phone with my dad having having a very serious family conversation. And a young man, I I don't think he was older than 18, to be honest, followed me all the way down my block, talk, trying to get my attention the entire time. And it got so bad that I had to put my father on hold and like tell this guy to F off. Like, I'm on the phone. You're being mad disrespectful. Like, I could be your auntie, like just can not you? Your auntie. Can, maybe not your auntie. I can be your big sister, okay? And you just 
you're not you're so persistent in the worst way. It was it was pretty bad. And I mean, I re- honestly wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. He could have been saying the wildest stuff, but I was so engaged in the phone call that I didn't even hear it. So it probably could have. Yeah, it could have been real. It could have been real wild. I mean, and then he finally he he walked away after he saw the rage in my eyes. But Otto, you know you've been here for um, for about nine months now. Okay, um, what, what has your experience been? I think the one that has stuck out to me the most would be I was on the train minding my business as I always do. If you know me, you know how big lips. Like that, that's no secret. You, there's no hiding that. So I'm sitting there looking at my phone, and this guy says, "Excuse me, excuse me." I said. Yes, sir. As I should have not. As I should have it. Whatever. And he was like, what is your favorite um, lip gloss to put on your lips? Like, what what is the oh, favorite taste that you like? Sir. Oh because God. your lips right now. Oh, my. Sir. Like, like, what do you like to lick off your lips? I said, sir, what are <laughs> no. you talking about? I don't even... I want to cut my lips off right now. I said, lick off your lips. What? I didn't even know what he was trying to say. Like what type, what is your favorite color or like taste of lip gloss that you like to lick off your lips because you want to lick them off for me? I'm confused. When I tell you I'm dead, <laughs> lick off your lips. It's so yeah. bad. That is so, I mean, honestly, how long was he sitting there staring at you to, exactly. at, to think of that question? It's, it's truly awful. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of a local art, Brooklyn artist. Her name is... Tatiana, Tatiana, if you listen to this, I'm going to pronounce your last name right now to the best of my ability. Fazla Lizade. You yes, got your best. Yes, I, I did my best. It's a be- She has a beautiful name, but no, she has a very powerful um, street art campaign here and in cities across the world um, that has been built off of the slogan, Stop Telling Women to Smile. Mm-hmm. I wear Say the tote. Stop telling women smile, to smile. Smile, okay? beautiful. Go to hell, sir. And you know, I, I wear the tote bag almost every day, at least four days out of the week. And it always sparks a conversation. Men and women both want to know why men and women both want to know why men should stop telling women to smile. And uh, I just have to open up the conversation. You know, first I explain this campaign is a campaign against street harassment and one of the things that men often ask is why aren't you smiling today i don't know sir i woke up 15 minutes ago and i'm rushing to work i haven't had my coffee yet and maybe i got three hours of sleep last night and just got bad news so you tell me why i'm not smiling you know all these things could be a reason there's no excuse i mean i could also not be smiling because i saw your ass yeah i just i don't need to smile for your you know looking at me like i'm a piece of me now i'm stressed out Right. And, and, and so, also, no, go ahead. Also, guys, don't get upset if we don't talk back to you. Oh, yes. Don't then go into this whole rant of like, that's why you ugly. That's why I don't like you. Yeah. Very short story. That happened to my cousin. And it was so sad. Like, my cousin's so nice. And the guy was like, yo, you mad pretty. And she kind of ignored him. And he was like, yo, you mad pretty, but your teeth mad big, though. And it's like, what did Yikes. you, like, what, what did she deserve? <laughs> Her teeth are beautiful, sir. What are you talking yeah. about? You're just angry because you're ugly. The uglies, they got a lot to say. <laughs> um, I think the key point in this um, and what a lot of guys, even like nice guys don't understand is you, I know that we've been raised to understand that men are hunters and predators. Like, you know, like, you know, they, they're the ones that are like hunters and they'll go out and they're like, they're supposed to like run up on you and talk to you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that does not necessarily mean that you have to talk to every woman that you see. 
You did not have to roll down the window and tell me that I was having a good hair day, sir. You could have just thought to yourself and gone about your business, you mm-hmm. know? If you see her on the phone with a com- having a conversation with somebody, you don't have to interject yourself in that. And you damn sure don't have to comment on my lips, on my face. Mm-hmm. I was walking down the street in New Orleans. And there was a guy behind me and he was like, yo, I see you with that big hair and that big ass. You didn't have to say that. You're behind me. I don't know you. And I feel like a lot of people don't, or a lot of dudes don't think of the fear that happens in women when something like that happens. It's anxiety. It's anxiety. You're by yourself. Yeah. With a dude yelling at you, object like sexually objectifying you, you know? And like, I do get that there's a difference between like a dude trying to holler at you. Like, you know, he like jogs to catch up with you on the street to be like, yo, I really want to talk to you really quickly. You're so pretty. You like that. To me, I feel like that's different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like catcalling is less about you wanting to talk to me and wanting you to like, and you wanting to talk at me. You know, it's like exactly. checking your list. It's like, oh, I got her. Who else can I get today? Right. And it's just you like, know? do you enjoy like do you enjoy like spooking women? It's you know, it's like game. it's a game and it's not cool. It's not cool. Um, that kind of transitions us into our next one. Autumn, I'll let you take the lead here since you're, you know, Miss uh, Miss News Reporter. Well, well, well. So this is about Lyft. Um, so recently we had just reported on this story about this young lady who actually lived in Brooklyn. She was coming home from a club and she was just going to her apartment in Williamsburg. So she gets into the lift and everything is cool. The driver starts to drive. And then she notices that he's going the wrong way. And about 20, 30 minutes and she's like, okay, well, maybe he's just trying to like get more money out of me or make the trip longer. I don't know. Next thing she knows, she's in New Jersey and she's being sexually assaulted by three men with a gun to her head, basically. Then she gets driven back home, dropped off, and the guy says, have a nice night. The next day, she kind of like blacks out. She doesn't like remember what's going on. And she disputes it with Lyft saying like, I have this crazy charge in my account. I don't know where it came from. They were like, oh, that's probably because the person never closed out the account thing. So we'll just reverse you for what, what the extra was. But the point of the matter is later on, she went on to say that she, she went to remember that she was actually raped and she got a rape kit and it came out to be that there was semen in the scene or whatever. And Lyft was not taking any liability for it. This just goes back to how unsafe Lyft and Uber are. And it's like, as young women, we have to think about this every day. That's an issue. It's very scary. It's like, can we even get into a Lyft and be safe nowadays? Like, what what do y'all think, ladies? This, I mean, that's absolutely terrifying. It truly is. Um, I, there's no ex- excuse for ever feeling like your safety is at risk when you're getting into a Lyft or an Uber. Um, For me, I've never had like a crazy experience, but I Mm -hmm. did have one night where, you know, I was catching a Lyft from where my bus drop-off point was coming from DC and I was truly exhausted. It was after midnight. I had a 35 minute ride from Manhattan to bedside and I kept falling asleep. And so the second time I like fell asleep, I intentionally like called a friend and was like, can you talk to me for the rest of this ride? Because as soon as I've, I just kept thinking, if I fall asleep, like this, this man is going to just take advantage of this situation. And I don't know where I'm going to wake up at. And so I think, you know, we have to have as women, like a higher level of awareness when riding with strangers. I've read, you know, tons of articles on situations like you just shared, Autumn, um, where I'm forgetting the article, but this woman documented on Twitter, like every minute of this Lyft ride that Mm -hmm. she had. And 
it wasn't in a major city. It was in a pretty rural area. And she, do you remember that story? And she, she talked about just being terrified and literally being taken off course for more than an hour. Um, anyway, I think we just have to have this, unfortunately, in today's world, have a higher level of awareness of what's going on and try to have some type of plan in case something goes wrong. You know, it's disgusting that we have to even think that deeply about a service that we are paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is closely monitored, but you, you really can't trust anyone too closely that has total control over, you know, your, your next destination. And, and I think what frustrates me the most about that is that, um, anytime something like that happens, it's always women that yep. need to heighten their awareness. And I'm just like, yeah, exactly. honestly, guys have a conversation with your homeboy. Tell him that's not cool. Hollering at that girl is not cool. If she didn't want to talk to you, call her a bitch is not cool. You know? Um, I feel like we've seen many times where dudes don't actually listen to us. If you approach me and I tell you I'm not interested in talking to you, unless the reason is I have a boyfriend, you don't care. So I feel like this, the onus now needs to be on like, as women, like we've kind of done what we can. You know, we've, we've, we've done what we can. The onus needs to be now on Guys, to talk to their friends, talk to their brothers, talk to their dads, their uncles, grandfathers, and everybody else and be like, you know, if you're a good dude, you know, you need to be the one that's spreading this message and being like, that's not cool. You can see she's uncomfortable, bro. Leave her alone. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, it's literally that easy. And I feel like even if your friends call you corny, if they call you whack, whatever the case may be, I would hope that you would sleep better at night knowing that you did what was in the right and that you're on the right side of history, you know, mm-hmm. and that's one less woman that feels uncomfortable thanks to you um on that sobering note uh let's take it back to ratchet and talk about cuffing season i hope everybody got their uh their jerseys ready (laughs) what is cuffing season y'all ready for this urban dictionary definition though you know our our favorite resource for all the legitimate definitions not legitimate During the fall and winter months, people who would normally rather be single or promiscuous find themselves along with the rest of the world desiring to be, quote, cuffed, unquote, or tied down by a serious relationship. The cold weather and prolonged indoor activity causes singles to become lonely and desperate to be cuffed. Example. Oh, wow. They're stuff in their game up. Examples, too. <laughs> Golly. Brittany says... Why is everyone trying to holler this week, like, out of nowhere? Tierra says, you know cuffing season is in full effect, right? Brittany says, oh, yeah, you're right. I know I won't be sleeping alone this weekend. And there you have it. (laughs) And there you have it, folks. So I think um, now through October or now through the end of the month is actually when, like, draft season is. (laughs) So at this point, like, the tryouts are done. You need to have a lineup, sir. You need to have a lineup. You ain't make the first cut. If you ain't make the first cut, I don't That's know what you're doing, baby. Again. That's it. You're going to be lonely this season. You hate to see it. It's going to be a cold winter. Right. Especially in New York. <laughs> Especially in New York. Golly. East Coast. Better get you three fleeces. Mm-hmm. Some Uggs. Hope you got your little Timberlands ready. You know? <laughs> and I hope that they're not leaning because yeah. I'll notice. <laughs> uh-huh. Lady. But yeah, that's crazy. I sometimes wish that I could participate in cuffing season. Uh, excuse- Not as the role as a woman, but as a man. Oh. You know? I wonder how thrilling that is. I want to know. Like, do they just be like, oh, she got it. Here's your number right here. Please step to the left. Like, how does this go? How does this work? I how mean, long is the process? more information. 
I know it's like, I know it's um, tryouts, drafts, and then I think they pick teams. Yeah. If then you got to pick your starting line. Then you guys pick your starting lineup, you know. I actually had to do that. I was dating while I was in, not even dating. I use that word very loosely. Who tried to pull coffee season on me. It was me and like three other girls. And I shit you not, dead ass. This guy was like, yeah, it's like you and three other girls that I like. So like maybe by Valentine's Day, you know, I'll wow. pick. And maybe by the Valentine's shade. Day, you'll be blocked. I'm confused. Do you know that my little stupid freshman self was like, okay, that seems reasonable. That seems like a <laughs> good time. Seems like a good amount of time. You said, Opus calendar. You said what day? Ooh. That you would make a final decision? Okay, I'll be ready. Then put it in my Google calendar. I'll <laughs> oh. We'll circle back then. I'll touch base with you and we'll find oh, out. If I made the cut. If not, per my last email. In my end. In my end. Did I make it? Did I make it? Is my jersey here? That's crazy. People don't, you know, make any rash decisions because the weather is changing. You know, think about people you'd want to spend your time with despite the weather, despite the climate. It's not even going to honestly be as cold. This is tying way back to the beginning. It's not going to be as cold of a winter as it usually is because the planet's burning. <laughs> but casual, you know, if you if you you know, side note, no big deal. Um, you know, spend your time with people you you value, yeah. Yeah. and you know, don't don't waste nobody's time this winter. Ain't don't waste nobody. No relationship time. goals. We want a real life thing. Okay, that's you know? all I'm saying. Okay. It's, you know, it's not cold enough for a winter to be doing all that. Um, cool, cool. I'm glad. I hope, you know, I hope everybody who wants to get picked this season gets picked. Made the best. I hope you got your call back already. I hope what you did. It? And if not, suck, suck. Made the best person win, I guess. <laughs> In this off every episode, we do big ups, personal updates, and you always can big up yourself. I do it pretty regularly. You know, when I'm able to squeeze back into my pants that I ate too much to be able to squeeze out of. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Ashley, what are you bigging up this week? <laughs> um, so two days ago, I signed a new lease in Brooklyn for an apartment. Ooh-ooh. Yes, won't we do? It may or may not have been a nightmare finding said apartment, but the lease is signed, the deposit is paid, and I move in the weekend before October 1st. New space, new energy, so big ups to myself. Burn some sage when you get in there. I mean, listen, Palo Santo, I got the incense. I have the whole kit ready, don't you worry. Starter kit, what's up? Starter kit, starter cleansing kit. Uh, mine is less of a big ups and more of a um, informational take. I went to ONA uh, this past week in New Orleans, um, where the man said I had big hair and big ass, that one. Um, in New Orleans, I'm so... You know what? There's not a lot of cities that I would be like, oh, I would definitely move to that city, but I would definitely move to somebody's New Orleans. Please. Somebody's uh, daddy take me there uh, mm-hmm. so I can live the rest of my life there on somebody else's tab. Um, but I went to the online news association and uh, it's a conference that we have every year and every year it was incredible. Um, for those of you that are listening, that are journalists or in the media space, I encourage you to search the hashtag ONA19 
there are a lot of good snippets about SEO, about social, about having difficult conversations in your newsroom, um, handle how to handle uh, salary negotiations, you know, and those topics only get honed in on every year to get that much better, that much informational, more informational. So if you have not already seen it on your timeline, go ahead and search it. If you're in the journalism industry, I promise you it's worth your time. Okay. And my big ups is actually not for me. It's for my sister who is in Atlanta right now. She just recently started her first semester in law school at Georgia State University. She about to be a lawyer, y'all. So shout out to my sister, Kristen. Love you. So since my neck is broke, should I call her about my personal injury claim? (laughs) You know what? She might be able to help you. (laughs) Now she might put a low low. Check her out. I got $5. (laughs) (laughs) As always, on that note, love Pop Culture Pals. That wraps up yet another episode of the podcast. And we're so happy that you joined us. This episode of Love Pop Culture is edited by Simon Illa. It is produced by Stephanie. Karaoke. Wow, I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, with music by Matt B. Thanks for joining us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a moment to rate and review Love Pop Culture. It makes it easier for new listeners to find us. And it means a lot to us. I like the word us. See you in two weeks. Be blessed. I'll Bye. Bye.